bringing forward an ordinance change uh, to uh, to open up Plaza Ferdinand, and I really uh, am supportive of this in two fronts. One is, uh, you know, my entrepreneurial background and small business background. Uh, when you have a backlog of 50 plus uh, small businesses, uh, be it from crafts to retail to flower to whatever, um, and we have a backlog that can't get into Palafox Market, that's what we call pent up demand, and we want to make sure that we foster a small business community. Yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. Uh, I guess there's this rule going back uh, quite a ways, like 35 or more years, about the allowable uses for Plaza Ferdinand. And uh, it's 1987 is when this goes back to. So that's uh, I didn't do the math on this. That'd be uh, 36 years. Okay. Um, And uh, basically festivals and events were pretty common back then. Good reporting by Jim for the PNJ. And, um, you know, there was fun, (laughs) basically fun. But then um, there was a uh, festival for the uh, Constitution passage that damaged the grass in the newly renovated park is what the PNJ reports, and the city council decided to make the park a passive park and ban events that would have vendors, booths, stages, and amplified sound. So you weren't allowed to do things down there, and uh, D.C. Reeves is like, but we have a lot of people (laughs) who want to be a part of the uh, Palafox market. 50 50, uh, entity waiting lists, maybe as many as 80 that want to be a part of it, if we would expand it to being down in that particular location and uh, he says let's do it maybe some people do it as a hobby some this is their their the lifeblood of their family of their um of their business and um you know there's success stories out there too of starting at palafox market and and honestly that was one of the things when i was working at the spring working with dozens of businesses around here you know maybe they would try to start a little too far down the road and, and one of my questions all the time was well if you started at palafox market you know that's a great to test product to to learn more you know are you selling the right thing is it or is it too expensive is it not i mean what a perfect pilot program for someone that's really trying to be successful in small business it really is i mean i don't know how common these things are in other cities i have to assume it's not that rare but you know if you think you've got a good business that the public would be interested in and you want to see if you can go public with it well take it to the you know the palafox market and see how you do Test your price, test your product, see if you get a good response, and then you'll know, well, should I invest in a store? Eh, maybe not. Should I invest in a store? Oh, my God, yeah, three, because this is fantastic. And that's the point. It's, it's, it's a great trial, right? It's a wonderful trial. And so the idea is if you've got the one location there at MLK Plaza that is filling to the brim and overflowing, and if you've never been you know, on a Saturday or if you've never driven by, I mean, it is. It's like you know, there's typically nothing going on there. And then if you happen to find yourself there on a Saturday, you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> You know, it's a party. It's a party's party. It's huge. Yeah. It's awesome. And everything's awesome. And then, yeah. And so if you, you know, you can now theoretically, once they get all this figured out, you can just go down the street to the other big square, you know, the one with the obelisk, in case you're not familiar with the location, right across from Jackson Steakhouse, um, that, uh, you know, the big open square, right? Right next to Seville Tower. I don't know how many other landmarks I can give you. The point is, is that right there, they want to open that one up and it'd have room for about 80 vendors. And uh, like I said, there's a backlog of about 50. And uh, why not? This is because this is the kind of thing that clearly people want, and it's good for business, right? We talk about placemaking and, and building a sense of place, and we have a park that has remained relatively inactive for almost as long as I've been alive. Um, so, uh, you know, I think this is something that we should try. Yeah, give it a shot, and also it's good history. It is a beautiful space within the heart of our downtown. 
Um, but what you'd also know, and, and I give uh, Councilwoman Broughton credit for this, is you know when I I'd mentioned this to her long time ago, probably even before I was in position, she's like, well, you know what it was before 1821, what that space was. And I was like, no. And she's like, well, it was a Spanish. And, and by the way, when I heard that, I'm like, oh, no, what was it? <laughs> yeah, just tell me. Cause I'm what I'm because, you know, we, we had a if I'm not mistaken, I'm like 95 percent there. Were, you had a lynching there right later in, in the history. Right. So I'm, you know, like, where is this going? I don't know what's going to happen here. And I don't like the you know, I don't like this direction. Was, and I was like, no. And she's like, well, it was a Spanish market. Oh, phew. So uh, if we talk about history and wanting to make sure we respect our history, um, before we were, this was even the state of Florida, that's what that space was used for, um, was that exact same reason. Phew. <laughs> you know, and it was, you know, so. Uh, I was thinking the same you, thing. You, you it's had like, a, you had a all Spanish right, market dead? there. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Who's oh. dead? What was sold there? Oh, oh man. God. I hope not, right? You know, just don't know. Did and, we burn you know, witches? Fine, all fine, all good. The point is, it's actually good history to have a market at the historical market, you know? That's cool. When the DIB gets revenue from these parks, they reinvest it into that park. So those are the kinds of conversations that maybe we're not in position to have now that we could have, where we continue to build the amenities uh, for the heart of our downtown because... We're not only helping small businesses, but that revenue is going to be reinvested back into the park. Yeah, I love it. I mean, if the park can host activities that are highly popular, that generate revenue, that then can go into paying for the maintenance and upkeep of the park. And, and let's let's imagine, I don't think it's a stretch, but let's imagine that there's a little extra cost because of the event. Okay, clean up, portal lets, whatever, you know, figure. Um, but assuming that the, um, the, the fees are generated and or tax revenue or whatever is going to more than offset. Great. Do it. People, you, you know, you'll find out whether people like to use it. Cause basically that park is just empty by ordinance, you know, unused for, you know, 30 some odd years. Uh, I will say this, uh, never let it be said that Pensacola can do a good thing without somebody objecting. Uh, <laughs> Cause it's kind of our thing, right? So there are some people, there are some apartments on the South side of that um, square uh, right next to Jackson's, there are some businesses in the vicinity. You you have you just have to imagine that there's no good deed that goes unobjected to in Pensacola. So I would I would imagine you know with the shape of the ordinance about no amplified sound and all this, I would imagine that there's got to be somebody who's like not on my front lawn. <laughs> but so you know so we'll we'll see. But then again, maybe the people who would complain be like, I'm just not going to say anything. It's good. So uh, we'll, we'll kind of see all this all plays out. 518, but I, again, it seems like an, a, a no-brainer good idea. I don't mean it was a no-brainer to think of it. I mean, it was, you know, once you think of it, like, oh, yeah, duh, obviously. 437-1620, Oh, man, did you see the comet? I saw pictures of the comet. Neither did anybody else in northwest Florida. Because <laughs> Okay. Did you go outside and see the sky? You can't yeah. see a thing. You can't see a thing. I know, I can't see that cool Mexican restaurant across it, the street. It's, it, look, <laughs> it's, it's, not the, it's not particularly foggy today, but it is particularly Pensacola. And uh, if you go out, there's not a star in the sky that you can see because of the cloud layer, which you always know is a possibility, but I'm always like, you know, hey, every 50,000 years this comet comes around. It's beautiful. You can see it with the naked eye. It's got green trails, and people in Pensacola are like, Y'all send me a picture, please. Yeah. <laughs> it's like London no... Foggy That's Town. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Thanks a lot, NASA. Five nineteen. On you know when when are we gonna get this weather controlling technology that everybody keeps talking about? Not yet, apparently. Five nineteen on News Radio ninety two three. I'm Andrew McKay.
<coughs> My dad has a cold, but also has high blood pressure. That's why I got him Vicks DayQuil High Blood Pressure for max strength daytime relief. Unlike some ordinary cold medicines, it's specially formulated for people like my dad. DayQuil High Blood Pressure is sugar-free, alcohol-free, and decongestant-free. Vicks DayQuil High Blood Pressure. The daytime, non-drowsy, coughing, aching, fever, sore throat, cold and flu for people with high blood pressure. Like my dad. Medicine. Use it directed. A better air filter on your air conditioner is nice, but it isn't enough. It takes a lot more than that to clean the air that you breathe. This is Todd with Gulf Coast Air Care. On Wednesday's Pep Talk, we'll talk about how to keep pollen, bacteria, and other pollutants out of your lungs. Remember what I always say, if you don't have a good air filter, you are one. Let's talk Wednesday morning at 9.30 on Pep Talk. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. As a Walgreens pharmacist, I talk with people all the time about little tips and tricks for filling their Medicare prescriptions, like taking advantage of Walgreens 90-day refills to save them a trip, or using refill by scan, which is super easy and right on your phone. And for anybody worried about prescription costs, I say, hey, we got you, with low-cost copays on many medications. Let's talk about making things easier. Walgreens is here. Fill your way and save at walgreens.com Medicare. See pharmacists for restrictions and exclusions. Fox News personality Brian Kilmeade, 11 to 1. After Pap Talk with Jenna Barr on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. You get the hell out of here before I throw you out. Don't fret me, Al. You're out of shape. I'll kick your ass. Kelly LeBrock is my all-time favorite invented creature. I mean, I don't know. Same, man. You know, yeah. Look, you know, if you put bras on your head and you know light up the uh, the creative computer, I mean, you know, anything can happen. Man, right? if I could have plugged myself in to look like that in high school, <laughs> instead of a weird fat tomboy. I, I, I feel I feel like I, I'm just gonna go out on a limb here. I'm, I feel like because David is just a little bit younger, I feel like uh, weird science passed David by. Have weird, you ever seen that weird movie? Science? Have you oh, seen yeah. Weird Science? Of course. Oh, fantastic! Of course I've seen weird he's, a, he's an old soul. Okay, all right, fair enough. Not not like a Paul Stadden old soul. He's not ninety, but like yeah, Paul Stadden. Right. <laughs> I love Paul. not yet. Paul's, Paul's one of my good friends. He's a, <laughs> but, he's a great guy, but, but you're he right. would he's laugh a at that year joke. Old walking around and yeah. he's a ninety year old like uh, Metallica gar- guitar playing guy. You know, or, or I know. Kiss, you know, right? <laughs> so. It's a bizarre. He's a little dichotomy. I know he yeah. is. <laughs> Make sure you finish that word. David is in the newsroom with our headlines. David. Well, former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley is running for president. That's confirmed by Fox News yesterday. Haley will be uh, formally declaring her 2024 bid for the White House at an event in Charleston later on this month. The public health emergency declaration for monkeypox is over. The CDC reports the number of... You can't call... Oh, no, you still can. We're still in the grace period. Sorry. You're right, monkeypox. Oh, that's right. We still have like 11 months of the grace period left where we can still call it monkeypox. Go ahead. Sorry. I I need to pay more attention to the transgressors so I know what not to say here. Uh, The CDC reports the number of new (laughs) new daily cases is dropping drastically and in uh, hovering in the single digits at this point. And, you know, yesterday we talked about those missing monkeys from the Dallas Zoo. Speaking of. I have... uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> I have good news. Those two missing Emperor Tamarin monkeys have now been found safe. Uh, police yesterday followed a tip to an abandoned house, uh, and they found the monkeys in a closet. Okay. But they've been found and safely returned to the Dallas Zoo. Okay, so um, did the it. did, did the monkeys monkey? use Airbnb to rent the house, or was it a VRBO? You like who 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 facilitated the party house rental by the monkeys? Well, that is a good question. I don't have all those answers just yet. <laughs> well, you get but on I'm, it. I'm digging. Ask, ask I'm the digging. deep questions. Yeah. <laughs> all right, David. Well, that's good news. Five twenty four. Florida Broadcasting Award Association is, is just around the corner. <laughs> the hard hitting questions. That's right. Yeah, that's, save me that soundbite. That's what we bring. To, that's what we. <laughs> That's what we bring to the table. Uh, Five twenty-four here on News Radio ninety-two-three. What else do we have going on? Um, oh, so you you might not have caught this, or maybe you did, or maybe you did and you didn't. I don't. I don't even know what I'm saying now. But uh, you know, go, President Trump kind of semi-officially, I don't know, kicked off his campaign over the weekend. You know, he did some oh. campaign stuff. And um, the the one sound clip that got a fair bit of attention over the weekend was, of course, very poorly recorded while on a plane. Come on, guys, put a mic on the brother. Um, anyway, <laughs> so, you know, professional journalists are still using the handheld mic on the plane. Like, dudes, dude, come on, make, make the man wear a mic. You know, he's a former president. You guys can figure this out. But here goes, here's his comments. About Ron DeSantis, who, of course, has not in any official way said that he is running, but I think we all know, for president. Um, And he is, you know, the leader, obviously, in a lot of the polls. And, you know, sometimes it's Trump, sometimes it's him. But anyway, uh, as far as the besides Trump people, like Nikki Haley might put in her, uh, put it in. And listen, my short answer on the Nikki Haley uh, nomination is I think Nikki Haley make a fantastic vice president and then eight years later, fantastic president. That's that's the ticket I want to see. I want to see DeSantis Haley. Awesome. Love it. Take it. (laughs) That'd be great. Uh, I don't think she's got the juice to make it, you know, as the president herself, especially at this particular point in history. But, you know, hey, look, we're still, you know, what, a ways off before this happens. Anyway, back to President Trump uh, sitting on the plane, talking into the mic that's too far away. But here you go. So Ron would have not been governor if it wasn't for me. And that's OK. And uh, he, number one, he wouldn't have gotten the nomination. And number two, he wouldn't have beaten uh, the de- his Democrat opponent. So then when I hear he might run, you know, I consider that very disloyal, but it's not about loyalty. But to me, it is. It's always about loyalty. But for a lot of people, it's not about loyalty. So it's not about loyalty, but it's totally about loyalty. I mean, it's not about loyalty for other people, but it is about loyalty for me. But even for me, it's not about loyalty. Maybe for you, it's about loyalty, but I don't even know why we're talking about loyalty. How do you spell loyalty, by the way? I'm not quite sure if I ever learned that, but you know what I mean? (laughs) Typical Trump-like commentary, but okay. So I have said this before. I'll say it again. I do think that President Trump deserves a lot of credit for Governor DeSantis being elected. I I I agree. Uh, he you know nobody thought he was going to beat Adam Putnam. Adam Putnam was the golden child, and I like Adam Putnam a lot. I think he would have been a great governor. Uh, but he you know he was the foregone conclusion to win the Republican nomination, and then he was likely to win the actual uh, election. You know, we would have figured, but, you know, we don't have that history to rerun in uh, a different different way. So uh, Ron DeSantis comes along and Trump endorses him. Trump helps him. A lot of things happened at that time. The Trump wave was coming and boom, there you go. Um, it was it was a big deal. So that part of it is true. Now, the issue about being disloyal to run against him, uh, you know, that's kind of a weird one to say. Well, asked about this yesterday at his press conference or press event i mean i don't know they're 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 mostly 
campaign events with press questions at the end. Some are a little bit more press conferency, some are a little bit less press conferency, and more like rallies. This one was actually more like a press conference, and at the end, Governor was asked, you know, hey, uh, Trump's been criticizing you lately on your COVID policy and uh, also, you know, the disloyalty thing. What do you say? <laughs> oh, sorry, that's the end. Well, look, what I would just say is this. Um, I roll out of bed. I have people attacking me from all angles. It's been happening for many, many years. And if you look at the good thing about it, though, is like if you take a crisis situation like COVID, you know, the good thing about it is when you're an elected executive, you have to make all kinds of decisions. You've got to steer that ship. And the good thing is, is that the people are able to render a judgment on that, whether they reelect you or not. And I'm happy to say, you know, in my case, not only did we win reelection, we won with the highest percentage of the vote that any Republican governor candidate has in the history of the state of Florida. Uh, what's, what's the word I want here? Burn! <laughs> wow! Savage! <laughs> you know, when you're an elected official um, and the people uh, have a chance to vote and put you back in office, and when they actually do, I mean, you know, in my case in particular, they did uh, actually put me back in office. Uh, how about you, sir? How did you do on the reelection? And I'm happy to say, you know, in my case, not only did we win reelection. <laughs> That's just savage. I mean, you know, um, I'm still here by an overwhelming margin, sir. How about you? We won by the largest raw vote margin, over 1.5 million votes, than any uh, governor candidate has ever had in Florida history. And in fact, we almost doubled the previous record, which I think was like 780,000 vote margin. And so what I would just say is uh, that verdict has been rendered by the people of the state of Florida. Wow. <laughs> like, you know, there's all kinds of subtext here. Like, how did your candidates do, sir? How did the candidates you you supported for election this last year, how did they all fare? Oh, most of them lost? Interesting. I won by a landslide. So, <laughs> I'm just, this, is, this is not subtle. This this is not, you know, he doesn't say his name. You know, he, does, he doesn't mention former President Trump. Um, but this is, uh, this is not a mild response. This is, um, I don't know. Just look at the scorecard if you like. <laughs> That's brutal. 530 here on News Radio 92.3. And you can't really, there's no arguing with that, right? I mean, you, you could say, well, you know, nationwide electoral college. Okay, sure. I mean, fair enough. But in the areas where you actually have the numbers to look at, right, what do you see? Governor DeSantis is like, I'll go ahead and check out my record. How'd you do? Even in Florida, how'd you do compared to me? 530 on News Radio 92.3. Don't bother looking for the green comet. It might be there, but you can't see it in Pensacola for all the uh, the cloud cover. David, what do you have coming up, sir? The victim identified in that fatal shooting at a big house party. More after Fox. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. A week-long manhunt in Oregon is over. Benjamin Obadiah Foster was wanted for torturing a woman found beaten and unconscious by police responding to a call about an assault. Cops say Foster shot himself during an hours-long standoff at the woman's home and later died at the hospital. The woman is in the hospital in critical condition. Law enforcement previously said Foster was convicted in Nevada of keeping another woman in captivity and while on the run for the Oregon charges, was using dating apps to find new victims or people who could help him avoid the police. Fox's Ted Lindner. Another week-long search is over in West 
Western Australia for a pea-sized radioactive capsule. Along that 870-mile route, with the help of radiation detectors, this miniature menace was finally tracked down. The capsule came from a mine in the desert and fell off a truck during transit to the city of Perth. Fox's Jonathan Savage, the capsule came from a broken gauge used in iron ore mining operations. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning, 531. It's News Radio 92.3. I'm David Wayne. 64, mostly cloudy in Pensacola right now. Family members now confirming the identity of the victim of that deadly shooting at a big house party in Bellevue over the weekend. According to Channel 3, that victim, 24-year-old James Brown, who was shot in the chest Sunday morning at the home on Penn High Drive. My oldest son, 2021, my baby boy, he just took his life in the Scammon County Jail on December 11th. And I just cremated him this month, and now I got to have a search for my, the only son that I did have living. And that's Brown's mother, who says she's now lost all three of her sons in the last two years. Two people in custody for allegedly assaulting a police officer in Walton County. Defuniac Springs Police say an officer approached two people in a car yesterday at a McDonald's parking lot. Police say the two were seen throwing trash onto the ground when the officer approached. The driver of that car pepper sprayed the officer. Uh, The officer says he pulled his service weapon and fired rounds at the driver. The driver and passenger fled the scene. They were later caught and taken to the Walton County Jail. The Pensacola Humane Society has previously denied all accusations of wrongdoing. But now they're suing the former employees who made the allegations. News Radio's Joe Ford has more. According to the PNJ, the lawsuit was filed against six former department heads at the Humane Society, all of whom resigned or were fired between December 28th and January 8th. Back on December 14th, the group called We the Organization sent out a scathing press release alleging misappropriation of funds and called for the resignation of board president Gerald Adcox. The lawsuit was filed on behalf of the board, saying in part the statement that was released by those employees, quote, provided a novel's worth of false and defamatory comments. They're seeking over $30,000 in damages and a public apology and retraction. Joe Ford, News Radio 92.3. A new principal put in place at Bellevue Elementary School since December, but parents and even former employees are still raising their arms over an apparent lack of transparency there. They have not even informed the parents that this new person is principal. I've not gotten a note, a letter, a phone call. I don't know who to go to. I don't, I mean, I know there's supposed to be a new principal, but she hasn't introduced herself to me. She hasn't made any phone calls. Those two parents talked with Channel 3 and Tanner Stewart, and they say that despite there only being one open position at Bellevue, there's multiple vacancies in the classroom. One parent even says she goes in every Friday to help teachers grade papers. The district says there hasn't been any direct communication with parents. The decision over the new principal was announced at December's school board meeting. Governor DeSantis taking aim at higher education yesterday. He announced a series of moves against what he says is indoctrination in colleges and universities. Those include cutting out administrators for diversity, equity, and inclusion programs, and he wants all students to take courses based on Western civilization and history. Our institutions will be graduating students, I think, with degrees that are going to be meaningful. We don't want students to go through at taxpayer expense 
and graduate with a degree in zombie studies. And the governor says requiring DEI training has imposed an ideological litmus test on potential instructors and taken away resources. 535 at News Radio 92.3. Warm and humid day out there again today. Temperatures warming up near 71 degrees with a 10% chance of a stray shower. Otherwise, partly cloudy skies. Overnight tonight, temperatures dropping near 62. Rain chance will increase as we go into Thursday. 50% chance of showers, especially in the second half of the day. High on Thursday near 76 degrees. Thursday night, rain chance increases with a low near 48. We'll continue to see the showers into early Friday morning before things clear out. High on Friday dropping to 60 degrees. Stay connected to Channel 3 News First Warning weather team download the wear tv weather app this is brooke richardson from the first morning weather center and right now it's cloudy 64 in pensacola 65 in gulf breeze 64 in milton our next news at six breaking news anytime i'm david wayne news radio 92.3 wake up with andrew mckay and the pensacola morning news from five to nine then it's lifestyle talk with jenna barr and pep talk from nine to eleven Talk politics and current events with Brian Kilmeade from 11 to 1. Become debt-free with Dave Ramsey from 1 to 4. Then, drive home with Bobby Rossi and Pensacola right now from 4 to 7. On News Radio 92.3. Informative. Local. Dependable. Join the Great Southern Restaurant Group, home to the Fish House, Atlas, Jackson's, Angelina's, and Five Sisters, today on the Pensacola Expert Panel at 9. They'll be discussing events coming up this month. Valentine's Day dinner, Atlas Beverage Class, Venetian Carnival Supper Club at Angelina's, dinner and an aria at Jackson's Steakhouse, and Pensacon. That's all today at 9 on the Pensacola Expert Panel with Great Southern Restaurants. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Mom, can I have some ice cream? I've got a better idea. Who wants to help me make something fun and healthy instead? Me! me. Eating smarter is easy and delicious. Interested in receiving healthy recipes and a whole lot more in your email? Then register at healthiestweightfl.com and learn more about all the small steps that you can take on the way to living healthy. This message is sponsored by the Ounce of Prevention Fund of Florida, the Florida Department of Health, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this radio station. Tune in to News Radio Pensacola on the FM dial at 92.3 and 95.3. Listen on the AM dial at 1620. News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's been School of Morning News. Yesterday, we had a really good conversation with uh, Scammy County Sheriff's Office Commander Andrew Hobbs, who was sitting in for uh, Sheriff Chip Simmons, who was away at an event. Uh, he had to speak, I think, to a rotary yesterday morning at the same time. So, uh, I know. But, no, we had a really good conversation with uh, my good friend Andrew Hobbs. Uh, Andrew, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Good morning. Good to have you. Uh, so let's start with this. Um, we have, have several events we need to talk to before we get to some of the other things. But uh, this house party in uh, Bellevue on Pin High Drive, um, tell me what happened here because I've seen a couple of the reports and it's pretty concerning stuff, honestly. But what happened? Yeah, so there was an open house party on Pin High uh, this weekend. Uh, it started to gain a lot of popularity on social media, so a lot of people started to come. Um, during that time, a minimum of four uh, suspects showed up 
wearing all dark clothing, masks. They walked into the um, front yard and in through the house and uh, ended up shooting a victim. Uh, we do not believe this was a random act of violence. We believe that they were there for some exact reason. We're not sure if the victim was their target or not, but um, we are in the midst of just interviewing copious amounts of people. Uh, you know, there was over 100 people at the scene when it oh, occurred. Wow. Uh, so our investigators are going through investig in the interviewing yesterday when I spoke to uh, Colonel Mike Gilmore. Uh, he said that they were tens and tens and tens and dozens and dozens of people there. So they're just working through um, pulling video from the community, the neighbors there. So we're just trying to work through it and try to confirm who they were. And, and with that number of people, you'd almost expect there could have even been video of the incident or while the incident was happening, anything like that? Or can you say at this point? I know sometimes you can't yeah, say. Yeah, not right now. But okay. if anyone does have information or they have, they've looked and they saw some video on one of their surveillance cameras at their house that may have seen a vehicle or something like that, we're asking them to call the sheriff's office. Or you can even call Crime Stoppers um, if you want to stay anonymous. So... Tell me if I'm wrong about this, but this is reminiscent of the um, uh, the football field shooting where you had a large crowd of people mm -hmm. and you had a group of assailants mm -hmm. show up apparently looking for a person mm -hmm. that was the person in that large group of people that they were looking for and then yeah. conducting a crime. Correct. I mean, it sounds very similar. The situation is completely different, but the, the sort of the social setting and the, the way the event kind of built and was highly populated, and then this is what happened. It sounds similar to me. It does have some of the same flair to it. Okay. Okay. So right now we're just looking for these four people or anybody who has any information about... Yeah, at least four people. There might have been more suspects oh, okay. there. Um, but speaking to some of the first witnesses, it appears that at a minimum of four, um, they believed to be African-American males showed up, dark clothing, mask on, walked in um and it looked to be uh right now it does not appear to be a random act of violence okay all right uh we also had uh, what shots fired into cars on wisteria avenue is that right yeah um the people woke up some neighbors woke up the the yesterday morning walked out and found that their vehicle had had a couple of bullet holes in it uh, again but no reports of the gunfire itself? No, not they thought they heard something that sounded like fireworks Hard to that tell. night. Sure. But they didn't they didn't go out and look at it. Um, that again, uh, our preliminary investigations, we have some leads we're following up on, but that doesn't look like that's a random. That looks like that was a targeted issue of the people who own that vehicle. Okay. All right. Uh, we also had a uh, kind of an unusual incident. There was a bomb scare at uh, the Highway 29 Walmart last week, right? Yeah. Um, this weekend. Sorry. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. This weekend that occurred uh, in the bathroom area of um, I don't know if it's the men's room or the ladies room, but they found uh, something that looked suspicious. It ended up being batteries wrapped in tape. And I don't know if someone thought they were being funny or 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 why they did it. Um, but the U.S. Mar or sorry, the fire marshals at the state of Florida fire marshals bomb squad came in, took possession of it. But during that time, you have to evacuate everybody mm -hmm. to make sure because you never know if it's something real or not. So we treat every bomb situation as if it's real and this is a case not just of a, a bag but that once they got into whatever it was it would it, you know it would look like something that was designed to scare or hurt correct and, and you know that's an ongoing investigation if we can determine who put it there yeah what their reasonings for you can go to jail for that that's not funny it's it's it costs 
first and foremost, people putting people in fear, but it also costs a lot of money to Walmart. Right. Uh, they're still playing for those employees, people who need medication, people who need food, people who need everything can't go in there and do it for the hour or two it takes to do all that because then you do a secondary search of, of to make sure there's no other devices, things like that. It's just amount of manpower and resources. It's just... It's not funny. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I remember I lived in England for a little while, and I remember, you know, this is what happens when somebody leaves a bag on the tube, you know, and then mm-hmm. they close down. And it's, I mean, you know, that's unfortunately sort of a way of life for some places around the world. Not something we have nearly as much, you know, no, thank, no, goodness. thank goodness. Yeah. Is that, um, that Walmart is right across from your substation. Is that one where you typically, I know the one uh, that that I typically go to on Creighton always has PPD on duty. Mm-hmm. Is there a sheriff's office deputy typically as, on not on duty, but as extra duty at that Walmart? Sometimes, depending on the holidays. And, uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, they usually do hire us or Florida Highway Patrol, um, but not all the time. And, and in this case, were they part of the first response or do you know? I do not know, okay, but, just, but I don't think we had anybody off duty there at the time. Okay. But I mean, it's literally right across from the right. road. Right, you, you can walk across across to it yeah you used to do the shop with a cop there yeah <laughs> it's like stage and walk 60 across. yards yeah, from the exactly. front door yeah we're talking to uh, commander andrew hobbs from the escambia county sheriff's office um i wanted to ask you uh one florida question and then one we're gonna talk about tyree nichols a little bit um uh, i heard the sheriff yesterday talking on channel three about the prospect of permitless concealed carry and just to be clear for anybody who hasn't really been following this the proposal is not for open carry. It is for still concealed carry. Anybody who would be eligible to get a concealed carry permit would be able to carry without a concealed carry permit under the proposal that I think is obviously going to pass and become law this summer. Uh, your thought, uh, you know, the Sheriff's Association was there supporting it. Uh, several sheriffs were there to support it as well. Uh, your thoughts on permitless concealed carry? Well, first and foremost, the Sheriff's Office is going to enforce any law that the state puts in forth. Um if you have the constitutional right to carry a firearm, you should be able to carry a firearm. You sh- it doesn't. Um, the people we deal with on a normal basis are not going to be the tax-paying, uh, law-abiding citizens that are going to follow the rules anyway. So, yeah, it, it doesn't really impact our lives as deputy sheriffs. We would have to make sure that we understand the law completely, and that's in training and you know just the continued uh, education we do on a daily basis. But yeah, it doesn't it doesn't really adversely affect our jobs at all. How common is it in your perception? I won't ask you for numbers, but how common is it in your perception that somebody having a concealed carry deters or thwarts a crime in Escambia County? Ooh. Um, I do not know. Okay. I have no idea. But I do believe that um if you look nationwide, mm-hmm. there is a lot of um examples of good guys with guns stopping threats and sure we had two in the news to, in the last day correct yeah so um again it, as long as people understand that you have to be careful because if we have a law that says you don't have to have a permit but you you then travel to a state that says that mm-hmm. then that puts you in a, a, a bit of a, a bind um and there's also some other things with the permit you don't have to wait to buy a gun you know right. those there's some other things that are positives um but yeah taxpaying good law-abiding citizens should have their constitutional rights. Yeah, I mean, I have a permit. If this if this law became the law, had been the law, I probably wouldn't have gotten a permit, but it's nice to have one, Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. especially for travel purposes, among other things. Uh, last thing, and I definitely wanted to, you know, give all my law enforcement uh, folks a chance to weigh in on this. Uh, I know you have seen the uh, Tyree Nichols video. Uh, it's very difficult to watch. Uh, I talked about it extensively with uh, Shane Tucker yesterday, but your thoughts on what you saw on that video? 
so um, outrage, uh, disgust, disappointment. And uh, the biggest thing is I know how hard the men and women of law enforcement, especially in Escambia County in the state of Florida, work to be professional, courtesy, integrity, professionalism, common sense of decency. And then when you see something like that, it just makes everything we did or we do look minute because that's going to get all the play Mm -hmm. that five people. And if you start to look at it, there's some reports that Memphis lowered their standards of hiring. So there's your first problem. And and when I was in the FBI national Academy, we talked about these things and I, I brought it down to, it's all about professionalism, training and education. And if you go and you see these issues at agencies, you can find that they lowered their standards. They're not training them properly and they're not holding people accountable. So I think that when this all unwinds and the whole investigation comes out, you're going to start to see some of those issues that that agency probably had. Um, that, that was not law enforcement, what I saw from the start, middle and end. That was criminal. That was disgusting. And it wasn't even a professional traffic stop to start with. I mean, that's not even a professional traffic stop. If you think he's such a violent criminal that you have you have to get him out of the car that fast, you would do a felony traffic stop. Those are just things. That was a mugging. That was an attack. That was, um, you know, and there's been no law enforcement personnel that I've spoken to since I came out that thought that was okay. There's, again, there's no one in this world that hates a bad cop worse than a good cop because we're working our butts off out there in the community. And again, some of these, again, when I was in the NA, uh, there were some agencies there that had lowered their standards. And I was like, why would you do that? All the Florida agencies were like, why would you do that? And they're like, well, we can't get candidates. Yeah. Well, that's because the community they work in doesn't want law enforcement. They're wanting to defund it. They're doing those things. So your best, your brightest don't want to go work there because they're going to be in an environment that's not conducive. And so all the Florida agencies were like shocked when we're hearing this. There was big agencies from the Midwest and the North that have really lowered their standards. And we were like, well, y'all are going to have the problems like this because you're hiring people that no one else will hire. You know, there's people here at the Scambia County Sheriff's Office in most every agency I know in the state of Florida. You have a psychological evaluation. You have a background check where they go and they interview people. We look throughout your whole past since you're an adult. Mm -hmm. We still have over 400 applicants to come work at the Escambia County Sheriff's Office. And it's because of the community we live in and the state of Florida. We're supported locally and we're supported through the state. But you have to hold a standard. Sheriff Simmons holds a standard. Common sense and decency, courtesy, integrity, professional. We, from the day they walk into our doors at the Sheriff's Office, Sheriff Simmons and the command staff and everyone from deputy up knows that there's a standard that Sheriff Simmons holds. And I think that's the biggest issue is you're seeing these agencies, there was no standard held or that standard was lowered. And we're a profession. I can see how these uh, agencies like this are caught in a spiral, right? I mean, the, you know, the community, the, the police are not liked in the community. Uh, It's hard to get good cops in. They lower their standards. That creates more problems. Doesn't, you know, throwing, throwing un, you know, lesser qualified bodies at the problem doesn't solve the core problem of not having 
as adept a police agency. And I appreciate what you guys do, and that's why I wanted to have you talk about this because that's the same exact thing uh, yesterday that um, you know that uh, Shane Tucker was saying about uh, training professionalism, and that wasn't law enforcement. That was uh, brutality. Um, uh, Commander Andrew Hobbs of the Scamby County Sheriff's Office, sir, as always, good to have you. Uh, thanks for the time this morning. Appreciate we, appreciate what, we appreciate what the Scamby County Sheriff's Office does to do things right. I appreciate it. We try it every day. 550 here on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. If you are thinking about getting that next vehicle, Frontier Motors is a great place. You know, I talk about them. Dave Ramsey talks about them. Uh, good quality cars, a year, two, three years old. Uh, but the thing is that uh, at good prices, obviously. But the thing is, in order to uh, be able to continue to sell about 150 to 200 cars a month, that means that they have to buy about 150 to 200 cars a month. So they're constantly looking for good cars to buy. And they buy them off of, you know, lease programs. They buy them off of auctions. Like our um, our Honda Odyssey came in from an auction out of Orlando. So I know where that car came from. Uh, it's weird because, like, the dealer couldn't sell it in Orlando. And so we got a sweet deal. I'm like, I'll take it. <laughs> I'm happy. But the point is they're always looking for vehicles. So if you have one to sell and you're trying to figure out what to do with it, you know, of course, you can go through the normal process and, you know, put it online and meet a stranger in a parking lot and then, you know, hope they come back with your car. You know, you know how this works. Um, <laughs> or, okay, or you can go to Frontier Motors and in about 15 minutes, they'll, you know, give you a price, pay you a check. You can be done. Very simple. And if you think you can get a better price than they're offering, you can consignment sell it through them. They just need the inventory. You know, it might not move as quickly, but the point is you can still sell it that way. No problem. No extra fees or anything like that. Just your choice. Frontier Motors, a great place to buy and sell good quality used cars for more than 25 years. Uh, right behind that big buffalo on Beverly Parkway. Be sure to tell them Andrew McKay says hi. In a world of payroll and HR services, things can get complicated. There are so many moving parts in business. At Avalon HR, we understand and we have your back. Join us on the Pensacola Expert Panel as we guide you through the complicated world of payroll and HR services. Running a business is busy work. Allow Avalon HR to work with you. Join us today on the Pensacola Expert Panel at 10. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. The City of Pensacola Parks and Recreation offers many ways to help you get out and play. Take a stroll in one of their 93 parks, rent a kayak or a paddle boat at the brand new Bayview Outdoor Pursuit Center, or participate in one of the many exciting programs happening at Play Pensacola's 11 Resource Centers. Tennis courts, pools, dance, camps, community events, and more. The only thing missing is you. For more, visit PlayPensacola.com or follow social media at PlayPCola Parks. It's time to get out and play. Serving overseas was just the beginning. We might be home from war, but our mission continues in communities all across the country. It's why we're out there in times of peace and crisis, providing meals to the hungry and supplies to the sick. It's why we're giving strength to those who are too weak and bringing resources to those without them. Service doesn't stop when we're done serving. It's what makes us the VFW. Learn more at vfw.org. Wake up with Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News. Lifestyle talk with Jenna Barr and Pep Talk. Drive home with Bobby Rossi and Pensacola right now on News Radio 923. All right, important safety tip. Thanks, Egon.
Good morning, 554 on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Spence Cola Morning News. David Wayne is in our newsroom with the headlines this morning. David? President Biden will be meeting today with members of the Congressional Black Caucus at the White House. They'll be uh, reportedly discussing police reform. This is after the release of that video last week. Uh, Elton John has now broken the record for the highest grossing tour of all time. Consequence Sound reporting the Farewell Yellow Brick Road Tour brought in 817 million dollars wow. since it kicked off in 2018 and uh dr phil apparently ending his daytime tv run it's been 21 seasons dr phil mcgraw has decided to uh, end his talk show at the end of its current season this spring all right well in the category it you didn't know he was still on the air i'll take Dave, uh, dr phil for 400 right. you know okay great you know interesting david thanks so much for the update hey on the line we've got a uh, long friend of the show uh former scammy county sheriff's deputy and civil rights activist ellison bennett ellison uh welcome back uh, you wanted to weigh in on the uh, situation in memphis and kind of some of the just i don't know you, you wanted to weigh in so go ahead sir Yes, good and good morning, uh, and happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you. Uh, I I took my training as an officer in Winter Haven, Florida, at Polk State College. It was Polk uh, Community College at the time. Um, I, I worked for the Haines City Police Department. Uh, my first day out on the road, I had my sergeant tell me, uh, "You arrest all the black people you want, but don't you dare attempt to arrest a white person." Man, that. That really disturbed me because I was sworn right. as an officer of the law. Now, I'm going to fast forward. I got a call uh, Sunday morning from a, a, a guy lived here locally that took his training uh, in Memphis, went to the police academy there, and he said at that time the standard was you had to have a college degree. So he called me and he said, well, I really – uh, feel for the families of those five officers. I say, well, look, they knew what they did at the time of doing that, that they had family. I say, so that's no excuse. They should be prosecuted and never work in law enforcement again. That uh, task force was called Scopia. Right. They were put together for one purpose and one purpose only. You go to the high crime so-called area and you do whatever you want to do. And that's the truth about that. That that young man was targeted because of where he lived. You know, you had there, there's been some there's been several elements of confirmation have been reported about some of this. Like, for example, uh, there's a, a pretty good website out there called lawofficer.com. And one of the things they said is there's been, you know, lots of reporting on criticism of that Scorpion unit, the Street Crimes Operation to Restore Peace in Our Neighborhoods unit. Uh, the L.A. Times has done reporting on them. We found out that uh, two of these officers who have been charged were hired after the Memphis PD lowered their standards in terms of not requiring uh, a college degree or as many hours towards a college degree. Uh, you know, getting rid of some of the physical requirements. There's a bunch of things that they did to make it easier to hire people. And I'm I'm confident that what Andrew Hobbs was saying is going to turn out to be true, that, you know, the level of training, the level of accountability just, you know, just just wasn't there. Um, you know, and, and, you know, as and I, I've seen it too, you can't see what they're doing and say, well, that's real close to law enforcement activity. It's not even remotely law enforcement activity, what they were doing. Ellison, by the, was I wrong? Did you not work at the Escambi County Sheriff's Office for a while also? A- absolutely, I did. Okay, cool. Absolutely. <laughs> I was involved. I thought so. I was involved in the shooting. 
I was involved in the shooting. I did not kill the guy, but when the corporal uh, shot him in the uh, what we call the uh, pottage field right across from the sheriff department because he had broken in on his uh, wife, mother-in-law and father-in-law, shot through the window, shot three people with shotguns. They didn't die. And, and when I heard the call coming over the radio that morning, I said, my God, I sure hope I don't have to deal with this. Yeah. Lo and behold, he came to the uh, what is known the Shannontown area, and 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 he was killed because he approached the deputy with a pocket knife. Uh, I, and I just want to say this before I, I, I go: I'm a civil rights activist. Yep. I don't look at color; I look at justice. And I think you know me by now. Hey, if officers out there screwing up, I'm going to speak out. I don't care if they're black, white, Mexican, whatever. Amen. I, I know, I and was I know on you the were. Ellison, thank you, thank, thank you so much, Ellison. I just we, we have to go. Yeah. We're totally out of time, but hey, man, good to hear from you as always. And as always, thanks for what you do. I, I I appreciate your voice a lot. By the way, one of the other elements of this PD is that these officers were hired by the uh, apparently by the city, not through the normal PD hiring process. So there's even in the early reporting Absolutely. here, there's all kinds of red flags about how these officers came to be on the street. We'll be back in just a minute. Local talk in the morning, 5 to 9, with Andrew McKay is on News Radio 92.3. WNRP Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola. Questions continue 